0: Alright, hello everybody, and welcome to How to Beat Your Kids at Board Games. I'm Dan. And I'm John. And we're really excited to be coming to you today. Uh, this is actually the first episode that we've recorded in a couple months. Uh, we first launched in May, and uh, this is the first episode we've recorded since then. Uh, so it's been fun, and we're excited to get uh, back back to recording again And uh, today we're going to be talking to you about Battleship. Uh, We're really excited to get to that, but uh, first just wanted to let you know a few things. Uh, We've got a couple of shiny new microphones, uh, so if we sound different, better, worse, uh, please let us know uh, in a review wherever you uh, get your podcasts. And uh, another announcement is that our very own John is turning 21 tomorrow tomorrow. Uh, So this is his special birthday treat. He gets to talk about Battleship today. What do you think about that, John? Oh, boy, what a treat it is. Uh, If I could have picked a
1: better game, um, I wouldn't have. I would have just picked Battleship. Uh, It is just such a pleasure to be coming to you guys uh, the day before my birthday. Uh, I'm excited, and I'm ready to talk some strategy about everyone's favorite game, about naval warfare.
0: Whoa, hold on now, John. I don't think we're going to get to strategy quite yet first we're going to talk about the origins of the game of battleship uh so as probably most people could imagine uh battleship uh its origins are debated but the game is thought to have come about uh, as a pencil and paper game during world war one in france so uh, world war one uh one of the wars where that, that first uh featured battleships or what we currently know as battleships um so that would make sense. However, uh, some claim that the game came about uh, much earlier and has parallels to earlier games, uh, such as the 1890 game Basilinda, which involves uh, sort of foot soldiers and cannons, uh, but shares a lot of uh, parallels with Battleship. Uh, and then some also say that Russian generals uh, played before World War I. Uh Not exactly sure what to make of it, um, except that... There are lots of different theories, uh, but the game uh, exists sort of in in a few different forms, uh, which we're going to talk about later. But, um, you know, the basic game is pretty easy to wrap your head around. Um, The first commercial version of Battleship uh, was actually called Salvo and uh, released in 1931. Um, These rules are slightly different uh, from what most people think of as Battleship, and we'll get into them later. Uh, It's a bit of a faster-paced game, uh, a little more explosive. Um, But the first board-and-peg version of Battleship was introduced by Milton Bradley in 1967, and this is what most closely resembles the game that we know today.
1: Yeah, so... um... Over the years, a couple of things have changed, such as uh, ship names, um, kind of, I think,
0: ship lengths. Have ship lengths changed, changed Dan? I don't think so. Okay. Um, not in the uh, not in the board game version. Uh, in a few virtual versions, which we actually played uh, to get ready for this podcast, um, the lengths are uh, quite a bit different. So actually, some of the principles that we're going to talk about today uh, won't really apply to proxy games such as Sea Battle, uh, but just to the traditional battleship
1: yeah right that was uh, one of the interesting things that we came across as we were doing research for this podcast was that there are tons of uh variants that you can find uh that will allow you to quote unquote play battleship um for free except none of them actually follow the original hasbro rules they all have some sort of twist um such as using different ships or using slightly different rules but overall they're they're um quite similar. And it seems somewhat like, yeah, they've just changed one or two things, um, and called it something different. (laughs) You can even
0: play over text now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so definitely fun. Uh, especially when, uh, lots of people are still, uh, stuck indoors. Uh, it's nice to be able to play over, uh, your phone or over the internet with some of your friends. Um, so we've talked about some, uh, ambiguations in the rules Uh, and so without further ado we're actually going to enter our rules blitz segment uh, so that we can all be on the same page when we're talking about uh, strategy later. So let's go to rules blitz. All right take it away. Alright, welcome to Rules Blitz for Battleship. Battleship is a two-player game. Each player has two 10x10 grids, the ocean grid and the target grid. The ocean grid
1: is where the player places their ships. The target grid is where they keep track of the shots they've taken at their opponent's ships.
0: Each player owns five ships. Each ship has a length measured in grid spaces. The five ships are the aircraft, character, or <laughs> the aircraft carrier, sorry,
1: the battleship, the destroyer, the submarine, and the patrol boat. Their lengths are 5, 4, 3, 3, and 2 grid spaces, respectively.
0: At the beginning of the game, each player places their ships on their own ocean grid. Each ship may be placed either vertically or horizontally, but not diagonally. The ships may touch, but may not overlap.
1: Players alternate firing their rounds by calling out one point on the grid each
0: round. Each round, the non-shooting player is required to divulge whether the shot resulted in hit, miss, or sunk. If a ship was sunk, the player whose
1: ship was sunk must say which ship was sunk. For example, you sunk my carrier. The
0: first player to sink all five opposing ships wins the game.
1: Alrighty, and that was Rules Blitz. So uh, without further ado, I think we're going to get into uh, a bit of strategy. So um, Dan, what are, what are kind of the uh, areas where strategy is going to come into play when you're playing Battleship?
0: So uh, this game is, is pretty simple. Um, you have placing your ships, you have searching for your opponent's ships, and then you have what to do if you hit an opponent's ship. I think that's the three main categories it boils down to. Gotcha. Okay.
1: And uh, so I think we're going to start off with uh, the ra- the placement of the ships, right? Yep,
0: that's right. Uh, so, John, what do you think is probably the best single strategy to place your ships?
1: Well, I don't know. I always used to just kind of make cool patterns, I like to make S-shapes, um, circles.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, it turns out, um, and this might, make, um, this might make sense, uh, or it might seem like a pretty strong claim, but uh, it turns out random placement seems to be the best way to place your ships. Um, so the reason it might seem like a strong claim uh, is because it, it doesn't seem like there's any skill involved. Um, so like, how can you really be good at randomly placing your ships? Uh, But if you think about it a little bit from a game theoretical perspective, um, and game theory is something we will talk a lot about on this show, Um, I think there's a lot of interesting elements of it in Battleship. Uh, But if you have any sort of pattern that you like to play, for instance, uh, like placing your ships in a circle or in an S-shape. Uh, Or perhaps you really like placing your ships toward the edge, or you really like putting them in the center. Um, If there's any sort of discernible pattern in how you place your ships, uh, a rational opponent is eventually going to pick up on this pattern. Uh, So they may not not get it the first game, uh, but they may figure it out after a few rounds. And then that pattern is not going to be effective anymore. You would have been better off just placing them randomly from the get-go, because you know, your opponent can never get any better if your placement is truly random.
1: Gotcha. So I guess it's like, it's more about being unpredictable than it is about actually being good, right? Exactly. There's no like best way to put your ships or else people would just
0: know where to guess right away. Exactly. And it's it's kind of like what, in, in Rock, Paper, Scissors, what is the best character to play? Rock, Paper, or Scissors? Well, <laughs> obviously if you play if you think rock is the best and you play rock every time, you're gonna lose almost every time you know you might win the first couple times eventually when your opponent figures out you just play rock all the time, you're never gonna win again <laughs> right so um usually when you play battleship, the game goes pretty quickly and you play multiple rounds uh so that's just something to keep in mind in terms of wanting to mix up your strategies and be unpredictable.
1: gotcha. And so I guess that kind of is interesting to think about um, that this game doesn't involve any dice rolling or um, you know, coin flipping, but it's definitely very much involved with random chance still. Um, even though each of you is playing um, and putting your ships in specific spots, uh, I feel like the fact that you don't have perfect information, like you don't know where your opponent's ships are, means that essentially it, it is like a lot about um, chance, right?
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's kind of funny you say that because yeah, technically there is no chance in this game, but you kind of have to you kind of have to play as if there is chance because you know, if your opponent if your opponent isn't playing randomly, you know, you should you should be trying to spot the pattern and then it won't be random anymore. It or it won't be a game of chance anymore. Mm-hmm. Um but it sort of becomes a game of chance if each player is placing their ships optimally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm probably d- diving into stats a little bit too early here, but hey, it's, it's my birthday. You know, I deserve yes, this Happy um, birthday, but um, it's uh, it's something like a lot of my professors would say when you're, when you're talking about, I don't know if you're like testing something random, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, we think there's a 95% chance that this drug cures cancer. Um, but the thing is the drug either cures cancer or it doesn't. Um, we just don't know which of that it is yet. So the probability of it curing cancer is actually zero or one. We just can only be 95% confident that it does.
0: Right. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting way to put it. Um, like the
1: ships are there, um, but you're, you can only be so confident um, that there's going to be a ship on a certain space. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So each, you know, each time you, call out a square to fire at your opponent, your probability of a hit is either zero or one. Right. But, yeah. you know, you're a certain... You have a certain level of confidence as to whether your opponent's ship is actually there. Right. You might think it's 50-50, or you might think it's two-thirds to a third, but in reality, it's either one or zero.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. The, it's either going to hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. Got
0: it. Okay. Cool. So... Um, so now that we've kind of established um, that you really should try your best to place your ships randomly, um, it's kind
1: of like how do you how do you do that? <laughs> how yeah, do I place something randomly?
0: Yeah, like as a human, uh, it's you know it may be very difficult to actually <laughs> place things randomly. Uh, there's, there's a lot of examples in film of, you know, how humans mess up with this. Um, there was this really cool episode of numbers mm-hmm. where they, um, numbers is, is like they, they use math to solve like forensic problems and crimes.
1: It's uh, a, it's a drama. It's not a, a it's real a show by the yeah. way. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, you know, it's, it's fiction, but, um, you know, I think instructive in a lot of ways. So, um, they ended up locating, you know, where the criminal was because um like the sites of the different crimes that they had committed uh were sort of evenly spaced out um and so they could tell that like this this human was like was trying to randomly space things out um you know in order to make it impossible to figure out what their location was but because they were human and they couldn't do that correctly um the like forensic technology and you know basically just math uh was able to uh to shed some light on like where where the locus of this this person's um i guess power influence ended up being so that was really cool uh so the reason for that anecdote is like humans just are really bad at um actually conceptualizing what randomness is like um, I think we've we've talked a lot about on this show um, flipping a coin. Um, so, you know, if you flip a coin a hundred times uh, and you show a human the results of that coin flip, you know, true randomness is going to give you, you know, you might see a string or two of like ten heads in a row or like eight tails in a row. And you show that to a human and the human says, well, is this really random? Because... I only expect to see, like, four or five in a row before I think, you know, something's fishy. Um, So I guess what we're we're trying to say is in order to place your ships in a more random way, you have to do some things that are somewhat counterintuitive to what you as a human think randomness is. Yeah, they might not feel uh,
1: entirely random, but it's like, in reality when you have a random process it's actually going to produce um configurations that you uh, might think look like a pattern right um but it's kind of just sort of processes in our brain that let us find patterns and things right so um for example like having ships that uh spell out something is like technically possible through randomness um but we would never think of it as a random um, occurrence. So, yeah. And so I think like it, it's important to remember, um, and we, when we say like completely random, um, there are like maybe a few guidelines that you'd want to consider. Um, and then within these guidelines, you're going to want to try and make it as random as possible. So what would, what would be some of those
0: um, rules of thumb, I guess? Sure. So one rule of thumb, uh, and these are not all originally thought out, by us uh, but these come from some of our sources which we're going to include in the show notes Uh, but one tip is to place your ships asymmetrically Uh, so random placement uh, will involve more clustering of ships uh, than a normal human would expect in other words they'll be less evenly spaced out Uh, so one example of asymmetric placement would be you know instead of having roughly the same number of ships on the left side of the board and the right side of the board maybe you have four to one on your right side versus your left side or maybe you even have all of your ships on your right side Uh, or maybe you know if you were to cut it cut the board diagonally like a crisp grilled cheese uh, maybe you have all of your ships on one side of that diagonal, for example. So there's um, there's many different ways you could do this, and you definitely like like we've been saying, you don't want to do the same thing every time, uh, but you should keep that in mind. Um, you know, maybe use this asymmetry more often than not. Um, another another good example that I um, that I came across was place all of your ships in the same direction, so all vertically or all horizontally. Um, because usually um, people will expect that there's going to be some sort of mix.
1: Yeah, I can see that. So I, I can see that there's maybe sort of three variables in this thing that you're trying to mix up, right? And so there's like the row that you're going to put the ship on, um, the column that you're going to put it on, and then the orientation. So it's like, well, and of course, like it, it's different if it's, if the ships turn one way, you're going to have to decide like where to put the middle of the ship, for example. But um, yeah, like you kind of want to vary all these things and all of these things could like, you know, randomly per chance you could get a lot of ships in like only like the last three rows or something like that. Uh, It's, it's definitely possible. And it would yeah, I, I remember basically like when I was a kid playing and um, the like, trick that i feel like people would pull would would be that they'd put all their ships in one big clump um in the corner mm-hmm. and while like generally i think that that's bad and we'll see we'll see why it can be bad um mm-hmm. it's definitely like one it's valid for like one game right and then and then i just wouldn't do it again anytime soon mm-hmm. um it's one formation <laughs> and it could happen randomly that you get them all clustered in one corner of the board right or all the ships Uh, get put in one corner of the board. Right.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think um, something I thought of while you were talking is, you know, if you talk about these, like, rows, columns, and uh, what was was the third? Orientation of the ship. Um, You know, if you think of each one of those being decided by, say, a coin flip or, you know, maybe you have, like, a ten-sided die um, to say, okay, the the front of this ship is going to be um, in column uh you know, I got I got a five, so it's E. Um, and you know, then I rolled a seven, so it's gonna be seven. It's gonna be E seven and then maybe I flip a coin and if it's heads it's vertical and if it's tails it's horizontal. You know, if you were to place your ships like that, you would effectively get like a random placement of ships. And you know, you would end up with like more clustering and you would end up with, you know, more um like more instances of like all the ships being the same way than like we would think of as a human. So um I thought that was a helpful way to to conceptualize uh this placement as well. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Of course, the reason uh we're sort of giving you these techniques is because you don't have a 10-sided die yep. when you're placing your ships. So you it it is sort of still an art. Um so you know, even if you're trying to do this perfectly, you're not, you're not going to perfectly vary or mix your strategies, but you know, it's going to be better than if you just tried to like, quote, place your ships randomly, um, as a human, you would you won't like, it'll be closer to random than just trying to be random. If that makes any sense at all.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I, for one, I'm not trying to be a uh, rolling a 10 sided die, um, 10 times every time I play a game of battleship. And then I think that might give away something to your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. If They see the rolls. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's like, it's, it's just an interesting situation. Whereas people, we we're going to try and come as close to, we can, um, to simulating these things that like, we actually can do pretty well with just objects around the house, like a coin flip. Right. Right. Um, but in our minds it's, it can be a bit tougher. Um, yeah. yeah. And so the next thing I think that we have, uh, with um as far as where to place your ships is that another thing that people might do um in trying to mimic randomness is that they might not ever put a ship towards the edge Mm. um they might think that that's sort of too obvious or um they might also think that it's somewhat um of an inferior place to place a ship um which you know can happen because uh, for for various reasons, but because essentially if if a ship on the edge gets hit, um, then your opponent doesn't have as many places to go with their next hit so they're kind of more likely to uh, hit your ship uh, again. Um, and so but I guess what we're trying to say is that uh, randomness will tell you that sometimes a ship will be on the edge um, and in fact that that will actually be helpful to you because opponents might assume, that you wouldn't put a ship on the edge because it's like not as good of a place naturally, and so something like that is kind of like playing mind games with your opponent, and um, a bit of it is like knowing how much your opponent is really going to read into this game, right? If you're, um, you know, generally if you're playing with kids, they're they're probably not thinking this far ahead already, um, but if you're playing with someone who's a, a battleship pro, which I'm, uh, I don't know, there's probably there's probably battleship professionals somewhere, got um, yeah. <laughs> Um, these people might you know think that an edge placement is, is uh, somewhat inferior so they would be less likely to guess there because it would be not as good of a move to place a ship there so it, it almost sort of balances out um, where you have like a, a ship placement that's like slightly worse but it's um but the like benefit of the doubt that you get from your opponent is uh
0: sort of makes it a pretty decent place to place a ship <laughs> Yeah, I think a good way to put it is just because in a certain way it's inferior to a ship in the center, you know, in the sense that if it's hit, you have you have fewer options that you have to guess before you get your next hit, which we're going to talk more about targeting later. Um, you know, just just because this is inferior in this sense um, does not mean never, as in like you should never place it here, um, you know, so naturally you're going to think like you're you're going to think you should put it here less than you actually should put it there you know if it was if it was random you're you know random and correctly adjusted for this um this inferior probability right uh so i think we also uh wanted to get into some don'ts of ship placement Uh, so, uh, I've only got a couple right here in terms of the cross section of the game. Uh, and then of course, um, we're going to get into game repetition, which we've talked a little bit about already. Uh, but one don't that I have here, uh, and this is, this is sort of along the same lines of placing your ships on the edge. Um, but I, but I think it's even a little more important, uh, and it's don't place your ships next to each other. Uh, And this is because it makes it easier for your opponent to accidentally find one. So essentially, uh, if you have two ships that are touching uh, and somebody hits the end of one ship, you know, maybe they, they're guessing that that ship continues either in the left direction or the right direction. Um, And so like they might guess in the right direction which turns out to be where your other ship is. So now your opponent has a hit on two ships, uh which is really bad. Uh you know, which we'll we'll come to later, but essentially once you've got a hit, it's only a matter of two or three turns before maybe maybe a little more. Uh you know, it's only a matter of time before that ship is sunk. Um whereas if you're still searching, um it could it could be any time that they that they eventually find a hit. So, so you really want to avoid that possibility as much as possible. And you know, again, like bad doesn't necessarily mean never because of repeated games. Um, but you should be mindful um, that, like, strategically, this has real downsides.
1: Yeah, and I think this one is you can make more of a case for um, basically doing this never. Um, because even if your opponent doesn't expect it, they will happen upon it right? when they're looking at uh, your other ships. And so this one I would even... I mean, I think you can probably get away with doing it every once in a while, but I would, I personally would never do it. Mm. Um, just because even... Yeah, your, your opponent doesn't run into it because they expect it. They run into it because they're playing correctly. And so if they're playing correctly and they hit your ship and they go next to your ship and they hit another ship... Um, yeah, you, you may confuse them, mm-hmm. but confusion doesn't really matter too much when the game is taking turns Yeah, and your opponent can take a few seconds to just think about what's going on. And then they figure out, oh, okay, there's just two ships here. And now they're massively, uh, they've massively had an advantage because, um, they've found two of your ships. Uh, yeah. and I think it's like important to think about the fact that the, the first hit on a ship is the most important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean I I I think back to playing when I was younger and you know, I would get I would get a hit and be like expecting a ship to be sunk and you know, they they don't say sunk. Um, you know, so like I've got maybe I've got 5 hits in a row and and no sunk and I'm like, "Wait, what? That's weird." Um, you know, so I am confused, but it doesn't make me any worse off in the game being confused because all I have to do <laughs> is, like, you know, guess in the other direction, sink the carrier, and then now I have another ship to work on. So that, like, momentary confusion, uh, you know, really is most of the time not worth taking this risk. I mean, that, like, that in general is not worth taking this risk. And, you know, we can, like... Maybe it's justified under a mixed strategy equilibrium. I'm using all these heady game theory terms, but um, you know it's, we get it's it, Dan. It's You took seven it. classes this quarter. <laughs> we understand.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh man. No, oh, but I I, uh, I totally agree. Okay, so uh, I think now we're uh, going to get into another topic called game repetition. But uh, before that, we're going to take a quick break. So we will be right back with you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in a minute. And we're back. All right. Well, we are refreshed. Um, it has been, uh, I don't know, approximately 36 hours, what, 24? I don't know. about
0: yeah about 24
1: hours <laughs> uh 24 hours yep uh, we had uh, some te- technical difficulties that uh, prevented us from uh continuing after our break uh but we're coming to you now um and I'm coming to you now as a as a uh a real boy now I'm 21 and um we are ready to get back into the action
0: awesome you're finally old enough to podcast legally
1: I know it's uh before I've just been um A rogue podcaster but now uh, we can keep going uh, and be a legitimate business
0: so cool all right so uh, so you mentioned before the break that we want to talk about game repetition so uh, essentially what we've been talking about so far is placing your ships and uh, you know trying to approximate randomness um, and uh, you know sort of different techniques that you can follow uh, but a key in Battleship is that uh, usually when you play with someone, you're not just going to sit down and play one game, because usually the games are pretty quick, maybe like 10, 20 minutes max. Uh, so you really want to be able to vary your strategy uh, so that you're, you know, like we said before, so like uh, um, in as much as your opponent can sort of figure out a pattern uh, of how you're playing, Uh, you know, they'll be better off because they can eliminate parts of your board um, and, you know, shoot at a more concentrated um, spot and, you know, basically just have a more efficient attack, uh, you know, unless you can truly be unpredictable. And so what we want to get to here is that even though we have talked a lot about, uh, you know, what are good strategies to place your ships, uh, the key is to maybe not follow these strategies every game, uh, so like even though it might be uh, you might be losing a little bit by putting a ship on the edge, like for example, you want to every once in a while put a ship or two on the edge uh, because you still want your opponent to to think, all right, maybe I should shoot there. Um, you know, you don't want your opponent to, to say, oh, well, they'll never place their ship on the edge because it's a bad move. So I don't even have to shoot on the edge.
1: Right. Yeah. And so I think uh, an important thing is that you, you just don't want your opponent to be able to uh, think that they know what's coming next just because of how you played in the game before. Uh, so basically, however you play in one game shouldn't really affect how you're going to play in the next game. And I guess this is mostly talking about uh, ship placement as the um, mostly like uh, w- and what we'll talk about, like when you're when you're trying to, uh, you know, um, search for your opponent's ship generally, generally like, you, you know, you might not need to vary that too much. But um, really, the pattern in which you like place your ships uh, should be. Uh, yeah, it should it should, you should try to make it as different as possible Um well no, that's wrong too. <laughs> right? You just want to make it uh make it random, make it independent of what you did the, the game before. So if you um put all your ships in the bottom right corner of the game before, uh doesn't matter. Uh just don't even think about that when you're
0: deciding where to place your ships the next game. Yeah, and I th- I think a good analogy here is uh rock, paper, scissors. So like if you if you played rock the first turn you know, you don't want to tell yourself, okay, I played rock and I won, so I should play rock again, uh, because then that's a predictable pattern, and you're, and if you keep doing that, your opponent will capitalize on it. Um, but you also don't want to say, I played rock last turn, so, you know, I should try to, quote, be random and not play rock the next turn, because that, that's also not random. Your opponent knows that you're not going to play rock. And so, uh, you know, they can capitalize on it again if you if you continue playing this pattern. So, like John said, the best thing to do is to forget about what you did the previous turn. Uh, just, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, roll roll the dice in your mind, uh, like like we were talking about earlier. Like roll the roll the two ten sided dice and flip a coin and and see where it lands. Um, you know, metaphorically speaking, and that's over the long haul, that should be how you um, how you win on your placements. Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, I think that's about all we have to say for um, a game option, of- right, Dan?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we're going to shift gears into, uh, I think, maybe the fun part, which is shooting at your opponent's ships. Uh, so uh, we're going to break this up into two areas. Uh, one is what's called the hunt. Uh, and second is what's called target mode. Um, these are not original. We got these from, from a paper that we're going to include in the show notes. Um, a very fascinating paper, by the way. So um, the first thing we're actually going to say here, uh, which might seem counterintuitive because we just told you uh, how to place your ships and that you should really try to place randomly. So we're actually going to tell you that when you're shooting, you should really not shoot in a random fashion. Uh, there are much better ways uh, to get the most, I guess, bang for your buck, or I guess the most ship for your bang. Um, and uh, so w- rather than uh, sort of talk about why randomness is bad, uh, we're just gonna give you a few examples of things you can do that, that give you a markedly better um, better outcome than shooting randomly. So one of these things is, uh, so we're going to talk about hunt mode first. All right. So, so hunting is when you uh, have not hit any ships yet, or maybe you've sunk a ship or two, but you don't have any, um, any hits, um, you know, any ships that you've hit and are working on. Uh, so you're just searching for a new ship. All right. So one thing that you can do to, uh, to really increase your coverage of the board is to uh, guess diagonally. So this way you get a new row and column each time, um, which essentially maximizes the number of rows and columns that you guess. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about this later, but uh, can help you sort of close off areas of the board uh, faster than just shooting in a purely random fashion.
1: Right, and yeah, So so I think... The idea is is um, sort of that if you, if you hit and miss somewhere, um, then because of the way um, ships are placed, then there's actually a slightly less chance that there's a ship immediately to the left or immediately adjacent to the uh, spot where you just missed. Um, because it's pretty, like the ship would have to be just on the edge or, or ending right before the place where you missed. Your shot right so however if you um move to a new row and a column you're basically um,
0: maximizing like the space that you search right okay yeah so that that makes sense so i i think uh, maybe what would be helpful is a quick uh, illustration um so imagine you have um we're going to just consider this one dimensionally so we're only going to consider horizontal let's say you've uh, you've missed twice, uh, and there are five squares in between this miss, right? So um, we've got five ships, right? We've got a five, a four, a three, a three, and a two, right? So your aircraft carrier, the five, um, if this is in uh, these this set of five squares between the misses, it can only be in one potential spot, you know, across all five, obviously. Now the battleship can either be in the first four or the second four. Either the destroyer or the submarine can be in the first three, the middle three, or the last three. And finally, the, the, the patrol boat uh, can be either in the first two, the next two, the middle two, second to last two, or the last two. Right. So if you sort of overlay uh, all of these ships on top of each other, um, you know, the most likely spot for... Um, for at least one of these ships to be for any of these positions to result in a hit uh, is that space right in the middle. Uh, so basically what what John's saying is like when you have a miss, okay, so I mean, so I guess to, to finish off the point, uh, so that's where you should fire is the middle because it gives you the greatest chance of like hitting a ship.
1: Yeah, and right, like the only the only time you miss in that um, scenario is if it's the patrol boat um, and it's not in the middle at all, and it's just in the first two or the last two of the five squares. So every other scenario, you're gonna get a hit, right? Right, exactly. If there's a boat in
0: there. Yeah, so I mean, uh, basically, um, you know what what John's saying earlier is like once you have a miss. Uh, you should go and try to shoot at a different row or column uh, because, you know, when you have that miss, those those spaces immediately around that miss are only able to be ocupi- occupied Sorry, by the ends of boats, you know, in a vertical or, or horizontal direction. Um, so, in essence, those spaces are less likely to have a ship, uh, so you should shoot... Um, you know, a few a few spaces away from from those misses.
1: It, it, the ships don't necessarily have to be at the end because they could be turned a different way. Right, exactly. But uh, basically, if you had if you guess a point and then you go to the left of that square, um, you can no longer have a ship that passes through the square horizontally. Right, you can only have a pass or a, a ship that goes to the left of that square horizontally. Uh, but vertically, it could still
0: be in the middle of the ship. Right, exactly. Okay, so, um, so that's kind of, um, I guess, I guess, a basic rationale for like, I guess, spreading out like in a in a diagonal. And when we say when we say in a diagonal, we we don't necessarily mean, you know, one, two, three, four, five along along the diagonal. Like maybe maybe you do B two and then like. Um, what is it? I nine, for example, and then later you do like e five. So not necessarily like all of your all of your shots fired at once. I mean, you could still vary it up, but um, you know, shoot along one diagonal, and you know, then shoot along another diagonal. Uh, and John, I, I think you had um, another sort of reason um, in terms of like eliminating potential. Um, eliminating potential locations of ships um, that, you know, made more sense when it comes to, like, why diagonals make sense.
1: Yeah, basically, so say you you have, uh, you're shooting along the long diagonal, which is, like, the, from the bottom left corner to the top right corner of, of the board, for example. And then you move um, down two rows, right? So then you shoot every... Uh, Every square that's exactly two um, rows below a point on that long diagonal, right? So once you make these kind of like two parallel diagonal bands, uh, you know that there's no ships in between them if you don't hit anything because there's only like uh, spaces of one. There's only, there's like not enough room in between the diagonals for a ship to be hiding. So you can kind of use like diagonals as a very efficient way to block off entire, parts of the board where you think uh there just can't be a ship there anymore
0: yeah exactly so um you know you if you're able to block off a position of the board where you don't have to shoot there anymore then obviously you're better off uh you know because there's a higher chance that where you are shooting will will contain a ship and so you'll have you'll have to shoot fewer shots other things being equal
1: right one and this is um maybe this is like best visual explained through the, uh, the kind of checkerboard analogy. Right. So, so you can kind of imagine the battleship board, um, just like you'd imagine checkerboard, um, think about, um, there's white spaces and black spaces and uh, they alternate every other space is white, and every, or every, yeah, every other space is white, and every other, um, space is also black, but, um, <laughs> we get, yeah, it. <laughs> uh, it's checkerboard. And, um, Essentially, what you can do is only fire on, for example, the white squares, or only, uh, or only on the black squares. And um, by doing this, you kind of like take away half of the squares that you would need to fire on in total. So, uh, as opposed to having a hundred squares on the board, you only have fifty white squares. However, um, there's no ship uh, that can exist only on uh, black squares because they have to, they have to reach horizontally or vertically. So a, even the two-length ship of the patrol boat has to exist on a black square and a white square. So you will eventually hit it if you're only uh hunting on white squares. So if you stay kind of along the same along the diagonals, um this is the kind of effect that you'll have. You'll make almost a, a checkerboard where you're only um
0: hitting the white squares. Right, exactly. So uh and th- and then another another key point with this is uh, you mentioned that you know, the checkerboard makes sense because the patrol boat is the smallest boat, and it only goes two squares across, you know, and obviously you can't place diagonally, so it's going to have to exist on one white square and one black square. Um, some of the new uh, virtual editions of Battleship you know, that aren't called Battleship for a variety of reasons, but um, you know, the, the ones you play on your phone, um, the, the shortest ship is actually only one square, Uh, so, so the checkerboard, uh, idea just doesn't work here. You just, I mean, you'll, you'll have to sort of, you know, you still want to do diagonals and such, but, but you can't like just not fire on half of the board. You're going to miss stuff. Um, but another, I think more, uh, juicy and applicable, uh, idea here, um, in terms of battleship, the classic game is if you are so fortunate to sink your, enemy's patrol boat early then you are in a fantastic position because now your opponent's shortest ship is their destroyer or submarine which is three squares so now um, you can like you can divide the board into groups of three so let's say now you have black squares white squares and gray squares um so your, de- your opponent's destroyer is going to exist on a black square, a white square, and a gray square, no matter what. So now you can further subdivide your board, and let's say you can only fire at the gray squares, and so you have to take even fewer shots in order to hit all your opponent's ships. Uh, so, you know, if you sink the patrol boat, really be mindful of, um, you know, streamlining your search in this way.
1: Yeah, and you can always uh, you just think of it easily as like, okay, like, could a submarine even fit in this spot? Um, once you've once you've uh, sunk the patrol boat, you just think, need to think about, oh, can something that's three long even fit here? And if it can, yeah, go ahead and um, um, feel free to, like, use that as a target or a place to shoot at. But there's no reason to even look at places where uh, there's only two consecutive squares. Because uh, you know there's just guaranteed to be nothing there now that you sunk the patrol boat. So this is a huge advantage to your opponent who can only, um, who can't even be sure about anything that's two consecutive squares long. Uh, they think the patrol boat mo- boat could potentially be in there.
0: Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, again to reiterate your point, <laughs> do not shoot into spaces that cannot be possibly occupied by an opposing ship. This this might seem obvious. But, um, you know, it's just important to keep in mind, um, you know, just don't fire, fire blindly, you know, and it's, and it's a big reason why, like, firing with a purpose is better than firing randomly, because if you were firing randomly, you would end up firing into some of those spaces that couldn't possibly house a ship.
1: Mm -hmm. And to, like, kind of figure out uh, whether a ship could be there, there's this kind of term of the overlay, right, Dan? Can you explain what that means?
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the overlay is is kind of like what I talked about earlier. Um, in you know, thinking about like, could an aircraft carrier be here? Um, yes. Like, let's you know, again, let, let's take the five square example. So, like, could could the aircraft carrier be here? Yes. Okay. Could the could the battleship be here? Yes. Could the destroyer be here? Yes. And so on and so on and so on. And so if you if you sort of iterate this like over every um you know for every boat uh over like for every possible orientation that it could exist on the board um then like you will find out like you know which grid space is the most likely to have one of the ships you know based on the fact that like the carrier could be here in this way and also, the battleship could be here in this way, but also in this way, and also flipped vertically in this way. Um, so this is very hard to do as a human, and obviously, it's a, it's a pretty big board, um, you know. But it, and so computers can do this really, really easily, uh, and that's what one of the the papers is about. But um, you know, it you can make it easier on yourself by let's say splitting the board up into quarters and saying, like, where could each ship be in this quadrant? And, um, you know, maybe shooting the optimal square in this quadrant because maybe that's a little easier to figure out. um, And, uh, you know, you don't have to think quite as hard to. Right. Um, And I think, well, in general,
1: in general, like, the rule of thumb is going to be that the the square that has the most open spaces around it is going to be the most likely to have a ship on it because um for example like a point towards the edge can't really have a ship on it that's pointing off of the edge but it can have a ship uh, facing any other direction whereas a point in the middle of the board can have ships on it that are facing any direction and that are uh, going through at any point you can have a a ship that's in you can that point can be in the middle of a ship that point can be on the end of a ship um so just in general like a middle a middle point uh, where you uh, know that like everything around that point isn't either a miss or a hit yet for you, um, that point's gonna probably be uh, better to shoot at than a point that's right next to a bunch of misses or mm-hmm. even hits.
0: Exactly. Right. Okay. So uh, I think I think that's all we had on hunt mode, uh, and we're gonna talk really quick about target mode. And then we'll get into a few uh, possible rule variations uh, that can make the game more interesting, and that you should be aware of. Uh, for time's sake, we won't we won't jump super deeply into those, uh, but we thought they'd be fun to bring up uh, for further study. So, uh, target mode. Like, what do you do once you've hit an opponent's ship? Um, so, like, you know, I I shout E four, and you say hit. Okay, what do, what do I want to do next?
1: Well you kinda of just I mean, you need to find out which direction the ship's going in, right? So you, you I think you um try and fire at the adjacent squares. So you go either what's well, E four, so um you know, you can do D four or you can do uh F four or you can do E three or E five, right? So either up, down, left or right from, from uh from that one. But
0: but which where did you go first? Yeah. So I, I think this is so for for one, uh, I don't I don't think the the potential uh, loss is too great wherever you go, uh, but I it's important to keep in mind. Uh, so the the overlay principle should apply here as well. So if you've got if you've got a hit on e four, uh, and you had a miss on like c four, but you don't have any other misses on that fourth file uh, or fourth rank. Um, you know, again, let's stick with horizontal for, for ease of visualization. You would you would probably rather shoot at F4 than D4 because it's more likely that, um, that there are ships on that right side of E4 than on that left side, given that you've got a miss on C4, uh, right? Because, you know, if you do all that overlaying in your head, um, you know, it should be clear that, like... All of these ships could could like um, you know could be on um, like f4 or g4 uh, in in like a variety like their their first square or their second square or their third square however long they are um, could continue in that direction whereas if you're going to the left um, you know you can only have that last square like it ends on d4 right yeah. so yeah. I don't know if I explained it super well. No, yeah, I think, and I
1: think, yeah. again, it's it's one of those things where it's it's going to be pretty hard to do all the math in your head yourself, but the general rule of thumb is just kind of pick the side that's more open and shoot in that direction as opposed right. to shooting towards other misses and other hits that you have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that's pretty much it when it comes to targeting, right? Because, you know, it, it, it's once you hit the ship, there's only a couple places you're going to go, really. Exactly. Um, And I think the important thing is to kind of just recalculate as you go uh, which side is more open. Like, for example, in the um, five-square row problem we were talking about earlier, so there's five tiles. Say you hit in the middle uh, or you you shoot in the middle and you hit. um, And then you say, okay, it's equally – there's two spaces open to the right and two spaces open to the left. So it doesn't matter. So you go left and then you hit. So now you've hit in the middle square and the first square to the left. Um, now it's actually more open uh, to the right of both of those hits. Right. Uh, there's two open spaces as opposed to just one now. So you probably should go now and um, uh, shoot at the right side of your line of two as opposed to the left. Um, and so just just remember to keep this in mind like as you're going, it's it's okay to like not just keep going in one direction as you're um, shooting as you're in target mode. Um, right. You can you can kind of go back the other way
0: too if it uh, makes more sense to Definitely. do that. Yeah, and I and I think here it's it's really important to remember what you said earlier, which is forget what happened before. Like, what does the board look like now, and where is the ship most likely to be? Right. Um, yeah. You know. So yeah. uh, cool. And then one more point I just wanted to add was, <laughs> uh, and this is really simple but important. Pay attention to when you sink or don't sink a ship. So, like, if you hit five in a row <laughs> and you don't hear sunk. Um, wait, that's a... Well, or if you I, don't, guess that, I guess that's... No, anyway. Sorry. So, um, let's see. Yeah, so I guess if you have five hits in a row... I'm really having trouble with
1: this. <laughs> so basically what he's saying is is just make sure that however many hits you have lines up with whatever they tell you. So if they only tell you that you sunk your sub their submarine and yet you have four hits yeah. in a line, uh, you know there's got to be another ship going on there. Um, so this is like just simple and, and it's probably was only going to happen if your opponent's playing kind of subpar, mm-hmm. um, but definitely keep an eye out for it and make sure you you pay attention to what they say you sunk and how many hits that would actually take um or if you're not sinking anything then you know there's got to be a lot of ships there pretty much um, yeah. yeah and another thing i would say is that um keep in mind that these kind of squares adjacent to the ships so the squares along the sides once you do find ships um i would try and stay away from these as you're in t- when you're in hunting mode um mm-hmm because just in general it's it's a it's gonna be a little bit less likely that your opponents gonna place their ships next to each other mm-hmm. um, for the reasons that we talked about earlier it's, it's not really a great move so um, yeah keep this in mind as you're as you're hunting that you kind of want to stay away you want to stay on your checkerboard and you want to stay away from uh, adjacent squares to stuff you've already hit um, yeah and this is like that's already gonna make sense if you're using the overlay method generally you're not gonna fire n- close to, boundaries that you've already looked at so you're not going to fire close to your own hits because it's probably not going to be the best use of a shot anyway so just keep that in mind
0: cool all right so i think we've covered standard battleship um i mean if but we we may have missed something uh so uh if you if you think we missed something then uh you can email us at h-t-b-y-k-a-b-g at gmail.com uh, that's our initials how to beat your kids at board games. Uh, so now we're gonna go um, into some fun uh, possible rule variants um, and how they might affect your strategy. So um, one possible rule variant is you are not required to call out sunk uh, you know when your opponent sinks one of your ships um, in the traditional rules you are and you're and you have to say which ship was sunk. so if you if you don't have to do that, as an attacker uh, and maybe as a place or two, how would your strategy change?
1: Well, I think that um, not having to give up this information makes it a lot more uh, strong to put your boats into clumps, um, It may, or at least makes it less bad to do so because um, your opponent won't know when they've knocked out your patrol boat, so they can never really narrow down their search. Um, it can be good to make things ambiguous because um, they might— shoot five in a row and um they might like hit you five times in a row and and think that they've gotten your carrier but actually they've gotten multiple ships um overall though i think probably um just putting all your ships in a big clump is still probably pretty bad i don't know um it still lets your opponent stay in
0: target mode more often than being in hunt mode so yeah because i mean like when when they're targeting a ship uh you know they're they're gonna be looking at those ships, or sorry, those spaces adjacent to your ship. Um, so they're like automatically targeting there. And so if you have another ship placed in one of those spaces, it's it's much more likely that they'll accidentally hit one.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing that we thought about is that um, you don't necessarily want to make sure you outline like you don't want to stay in target mode too much uh, when you're when you're firing. Um, you don't need to like prove. That you've sunk a ship for example if you have like a line of four hits you don't need to like you don't need to shoot at every adjacent square around it just to make sure that you're not hitting multiple boats um, because I think that's kind of just a waste of time um, so once you stop getting hits consistently i, I would maybe um, go back into hunt mode basically basically
0: yeah definitely okay so another possible variation is um <laughs> yeah this is kind of an interesting one sometimes Players can move a ship every five turns. Now, I've never seen anybody actually play this way, uh, but I I kind of saw it as a possible variant on the internet. So uh, what are your thoughts on what this might do um, sort of as an attacker if your opponent might be moving their ships every five turns, one ship, I guess?
1: Well, first of all, I'd say this is like a pretty cool variant because it does does allow for a bit more skill um, and kind of like player experience to come in um what i like about it is that it actually does kind of incentivize you as a player who's firing as like an attacker to kind of vary up where you shoot um to just maybe like not shoot along just one diagonal Um, because the more predictable your shooting is then the easier it will be for your opponent to move their ship out of the way um so i feel like that's like the big the big thing with this one is that you like you have to be Ready to shoot anywhere, um, or else your opponent can just kind of read you and move their ship away from your shots.
0: Right. So basically, you might want to, I guess, perhaps change the direction uh, or like change the diagonal you're firing on. You know, if you're using that strategy. But like in principle, you you don't want to change the principles with which you're hunting. Like you you're not going to all of a sudden start shooting at adjacent squares you're still going to do a diagonal it might just be a different one
1: yeah yeah
0: um this yeah this
1: is probably makes the game go a little longer i would get i would guess definitely yeah and and it adds
0: a little bit of um mind games mind games for sure but but you know you give um like the reason it's the reason you can be more um sort of strategic and methodical when you're targeting but when you're like when you're placing, you want to be random, uh, is because um, your opponent can't move their ships, so they can't respond to your pattern. Um, you know, in the in the normal game, the pattern of your targeting. Uh, when they can respond to the pattern of your targeting, um, it means that your your targeting, your your hunting, has to be a little bit more varied than it normally would. So it's, it's kind of a cool element that that adds to the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And then lastly, we wanted to talk about Salvo. Uh, so we mentioned Salvo in the beginning of this podcast as the first commercial version of uh, this wonderful game of Battleship uh, that came out in 1931. Um, so Salvo is really cool, uh, really explosive, uh, like we said. So the reason it's so explosive is because uh, you get not one, but five shots in the beginning of the game and then thereafter you get as many shots per turn as you have ships alive on your grid Mm um so this game naturally can go pretty fast Um, and so i guess what what i would ask is how does this mechanic change uh how you target how does it change how you place if any um And, you know, once you hit a ship, uh, maybe how does it affect uh, what you do next?
1: Yeah. um, So I personally don't know that I would really change up anything about how I would place my ships. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I do know is that this is going to really speed up the hunt mode. um, Because obviously firing five shots into um, the grid is going to be a lot more likely to get you one hit. But the interesting thing is that you don't know. um, I believe you don't know that you've hit. Until you fired all five shots, correct?
0: Well, you know uh, I, I saw a couple different versions of this. So one is um, I think you do f- you fire all five shots and then your opponent has to say like hit, hit, miss, 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 or something like that in, in order. Um, but then um, there's another version <laughs> which is which is kind of kooky that um, they can just say like two hits, three misses and so you don't oh, you don't know at, at all like which ones were hits and which ones were missed. So I don't I don't even know where to start with that one. <laughs> that one might need another episode. But, yeah, exactly.
1: But yeah, I mean I would say if if um but yeah, in the first case where you'll find out afterwards which of your shots were hits, mm-hmm. um it's going to make target uh, target mode a little bit harder because you can't really um know where what direction the ship's going until you've fired all your shots. Um, so like one thing that I thought of to kind of remedy this is that you might actually want to, uh, once you get a single hit, you might just want to, um, kind of bomb the entire column or the entire row around it rather than, um, checking all four of the adjacent spots and seeing which direction the ship goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the, the reasoning behind this is that in both cases, you'll probably sink the ship in a couple turns. Right. But in the first case, if you just bomb the whole column, you have like kind of a fifty-fifty uh, to get rid of a ship of your opponent's in a single turn, right? And um, that means that they fire one less shot on their next turn. So, yeah, that can be pretty
0: devastating. Yeah, definitely. Um, getting rid of one shot for your opponent is huge, and you know, like you said, you're not losing much um, going in a line versus going in a. I guess cross pattern Um, and yeah you really have nothing to lose there and another thing we should mention is uh, you know one ship one shot it doesn't matter if it's the patrol boat or the carrier Uh, so uh, you don't want to target specific um, ships more than others I guess Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. So uh, getting rid of the carrier is just as, um, important as getting rid of the destroyer, for example, um, because they both take away a shot from your opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would think that would be the only, um, big difference because I think the other stuff is maybe like, oh, once you hit a ship, do you still hunt with a couple of your other shots? Um, and only target with a few with, um, with like one or two of your shots, um I think the math on that would probably just even out. I'm not sure. What do you think about that?
0: Wait, so so like if you know you're going to sink this ship,
1: well say you uh, say you hit and then the next mm-hmm. round you decide um to send two of your shots adjacent to that hit mm-hmm. and then you send two of two or three of your other shots um around the board hunting for another <sighs> ship.
0: Yeah, I mean I I don't know. Um I mean I feel like it, it it significantly lowers your chance of sinking the ship on this turn mm-hmm. which uh is you know not what you want. I mean cuz like the reason you're the reason you're going off in one direction anyway or not, not one direction but like either just horizontally or just vertically is to give yourself a chance to sink that ship. And so like you know let's let's say all the ships are out on the board and you have one hit and you're going to have, you're going to have like five shots, right? So you can go like three and two, which like, if it's in that direction, it will definitely sink the ship. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, it, it it's possible that it won't too. Um, right. Because I guess you could, you, be could, you could be,
1: you could be hitting the end of the ship, right? Yeah, so right. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I think... Unless you really know, unless you've already gotten rid of the carrier and all your opponent's ships are very short, I feel like it wouldn't necessarily be a good idea to kind of do a half-and-half half strategy where you're still hunting yeah. a little bit.
0: It's like Ron Swanson says, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay.
0: Um, any other points for Salvo before we wrap up?
1: No, I mean, I'm really just thinking about that other variant where you... <laughs> don't have any information but yeah uh, <laughs> huge yeah. can of worms geez <laughs> I mean wow
0: but yeah I mean I, I suppose maybe maybe you could fire around those spaces or like fire just around one of those spaces and you know see if you get hits and try it try to sort of backward induce the answer that way but it's, it just seems like it would be so costly we would need to think about it a lot more uh Maybe it maybe we come up with it yeah maybe we that. come up with another uh, another episode we'll where we a... dive in or, or like mini episode where we dive into that yeah we'll do a later. bonus episode yeah yeah <laughs> cool all right well for now uh, we're gonna sign off thank you for listening thank you for your patience and uh, want to take another minute to wish John a happy twenty first birthday um, and thank you to all our listeners and. Uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Uh, we're really excited for our next episode. Have a great weekend and good night.
1: Yeah, we will, uh, we will see you later. And um, we had a great time on this show, and we're looking forward to doing uh, many, many more. So um, this has been How to Beat Your Kids at Board Games. Have a good one.
0: All right, before we go, a quick editor's note on our Salvo discussion. And please keep in mind, we are not experienced in salvo and we couldn't find any strategy advice on the internet. Now, while we said the best targeting strategy once you hit a ship would be to fire in a line pattern rather than a cross pattern, we realized after recording that it might be superior to try a cross pattern first and then go with the line once you are certain of the ship's orientation, which guarantees a two-turn sink no matter the length of the ship. Firing in a line first, by contrast, may waste too many shots and may even take as many as three turns to sink large ships. We definitely still think our advice to be generally aggressive is good advice. This way, you do so even more efficiently. Happy firing!